And welcome back to the Drinking Man Podcast. I am your host, Tyler. Thank you again for joining me this week. As always, please check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Drop me a like, rate me, give me five stars if you appreciate it, and uh, just tell me how terrible I'm doing or how much you hate this guest that I have this week because uh, he's kind of shitty, but that's fine. <laughs> Speaking of the guest this week, he's already chuckling over here. I'd like to introduce my good buddy, Renzo. Uh, Renzo and I go back a little ways here, and uh, this is definitely long overdue. This is going to be a heavily focused episode on sports. Um, something I've been very, very intrigued to do soon, uh, as I've covered a wide array of topics here. But uh, Renzo, thank you for joining me this week, and uh, you know I've uh, been very excited for this one. Oh man, fuck you! What kind of introduction was that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. It was the proper introduction for a shitty guest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm I'm super glad and honored to be here on the show. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, You're uh, episode ten, so it's like a ten out of ten for you. I know episode ten, dude. I've, I've, I mean, I've been listening to a lot and uh, definitely been liking it since you. I won't say restructured, but structured it. Yeah, it's been good. My hey, favorite so far has grow been a little bit. The, yeah, my favorite one so far has been the one with uh, Ian. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, definitely. Uh, as the episodes you know, continue to go and add up, uh, you know, we'll continue to adjust and grow and structure things a little more. But uh, I was afraid of structuring too much early on. And I think that kept me from having any structure. So it's definitely helped going forward now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's been good. Awesome. I like it. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk sports, man. Oh, hell I yeah. mean, we've been talking on the side already two months before like season starts. And it's just I mean, I already told you that I've got my like Excel sheet going right now and I've got like I'm making my own list and Oh yeah, you're you're yeah. near to the extreme, buddy. Dude, yeah. It's but I'm ready. I'm gonna be ready. And <laughs> I'm all I'm also like a little nervous about talking about sports and my ideas when we get into fantasy because I don't want anything <laughs> like I don't want you to take anything that I say and like use it against me. You know, like, I don't want oh. you to see my angle here. Don't worry. I'm going to so, switch segments around and make sure that you're fully into full drinking man mode. I just want I just want everyone to know that everything I might say today will be complete bullshit <laughs> because that's how competitive our league is. <laughs> and I don't want I don't you're not going to get an edge on me this year. Uh, we'll, no one see, will. we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to be like, you know what? All chips in on. Uh, I don't know. Corey Dale Darnold. <laughs> Sam Darnold this year, third round man. He's my third round pick. Yeah, there we go. All right, hey, so I see what you, what you got in your glass there. What are you drinking right now? What are you starting off the show with? Uh, I'm a little classy today. I'm drinking gin and tonic. Nice. Uh, the gin is Roku gin. It's Japanese gin, and uh, I mean, I guess Japan isn't like globally known for their gin. You know, mm-hmm. you don't think. When you think of gin, you don't think like Japanese, but this is really good. I've had it a couple times in my second bottle. Uh, Roku is actually the Japanese word for six. I knew that because I did karate, so like you know. Um, but it's made <clears throat> with six unique Japanese botanicals. Okay. So yeah, just reading off the bottle here: sakura flower, yuzu peel, sencha tea. Sakura leaf, Sancho pepper, 
I don't know. It's really good. I don't know. I've not, I don't know what any <laughs> of that is, shit, but man. it is really good. But I, uh, the tonic, I like, I really like, I don't know if you've tried it, but I like this uh, Fever Tree. The, uh, have you ever had Fever Tree tonic? No. So I saw you opening that up and I wasn't sure if it was your tonic or if that was like the, a fancy lime juice that you were throwing in there. I mean, it's a fancy tonic. I mean, they've got it over at the, um, at the liquor store, but this is a uh, elderflower uh, flavored tonic. Hmm. I uh, I stick to the classy polar tonic water. <laughs> I'm sure you do. But this, this is, I mean, it gives it like a little extra, like, little edge. I like it. I'll but, check it out. Definitely, know, I've been on this gin kick. It. Yeah. That's uh, definitely what I'll be, uh, I'll be throwing some gin at the, the show later. But uh, right now I'm drinking, and I'm going to butcher the name of this, is Zipfeltanle. Zipfeltanle? I don't know. It's a German Pilsner from Other Half Brewing out of New York. Um, very, I love my Pilsners. I like a well-crafted Pilsner or, uh, um, light beer. Uh, if they can do it the right way, Kolsch's, anything like that, if they can do it the right way, it's, uh, especially this time of year, starting to get a little warmer. You know, you don't want a heavy IPA, double IPA. It hits the spot. Yeah. That's why your choice and my choice later, gin and tonics this time of year. I love my whiskeys, but a, a good gin and tonic during this time of year. Oh, you can just pound those all day and not realize it because it's just nice yeah. and cool and refreshing. Yeah, it is. But also, <clears throat> as classy as I'm going to be today, plan on uh, bringing the drinking to the drinking man podcast. Oh. <laughs> and, okay, uh, I've got a little, I've got a little cooler here with uh, with some seltzers that I'm going to shotgun. Oh, that that's not even real drinking. <laughs> well, hey, look, <laughs> you know, it's got alcohol in it. And I'm not going to sit here talking to you with a bunch of foam sitting in my throat. So I'm like, <laughs> I got these uh, seltzers. All right? And I knew, I knew as soon as I, was, I said it, you were going to be like, what the hell, man? <laughs> oh, it's so cute. You decided to bring the baby drinks. <laughs> well, I've got a timer set. So at a certain time, that alarm's going to go off. And that alarm will cue me to shotgun one of these. All right. All right, so, we'll see. Maybe I'll have to uh, yeah. snip a clip of this and uh, post you shotgunning a damn seltzer. Yeah, well, I'm going to start it off right now. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So this is the first Drinking Man shotgun. You guys going to hear this? This is going to be pure, raw, unedited. Um, I hope for the sake of the episode, he chokes on it, spills <laughs> a lot of it, just so I can laugh at him. Dude, I could just thumb punch this thing right now and do it but i don't i'm not trying to get it all over my keyboard so uh i'm just gonna do it the old-fashioned way with the knife i'm gonna dedicate this one to uh you don't want to use the hammer thumbs no no i could <laughs> do that but i'm not trying That's to like later. you know ruin my laptop yeah i know maybe <laughs> maybe third one and you can probably convince me to do that but yeah i'm gonna dedicate this one to uh your son man you know, welcome to the uh, world. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, he uh, definitely just shotgunned a truly. So that's uh, that just happened, uh, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, yeah, oh. he just uh, that was the very first shotgun on the Drinking Man podcast. Unfortunately, it was a, 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 a poor choice of shotgunning beers, but I guess it's probably one of the easiest options you could do. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, well, you know what? Maybe at the it, end of this, I'll end up just chugging my bottle of gin, huh? Yeah, I mean, it would be a little more manly. I mean, it makes sense, though, yeah. as a Miami fan, that you had to oh. chug a bitch-ass drink like that. So 
wow. rolling right into it. I'm a very big Patriots fan, and you have terrible taste in sports, and are a Miami Dolphins and a Miami Heat fan. So our Celtics, Patriots, you know, your Miami Heat, Dolphins, definitely some rivalries. We've had a lot of uh, sports heated conversations about these teams when they play each other, and then just in general sports, but the rivalries between these two teams, especially Patriots and Dolphins being the same division uh definitely uh, leads to plenty of good uh opportunities for us to get at each other throughout the year oh yeah yeah i uh i dug up a little fun uh factoid for you just for this um, oh boy <laughs> here we go of all the dolphins and patriots face-offs do you know who's currently winning that match off right now I would probably actually say the Dolphins because they were way more dominant back in, you know, when the Marino years were. Um, yeah. And they tend to have our number whenever we play them in Miami every year for whatever reason. So I would say they probably are yeah. good, what, 30, 40 games up on us? <clears throat> no, actually, it's a lot closer than that because of the last, like, two decades. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Brady really close the gap. It's, it's 57 to 54, I believe. Oh, wow. Oh wow! Yeah. So this, so next year we'll take over and lead the the, well, the split. The next two years, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because we we play twice. We were the first week and we're the last week. Our matchups. Yeah. So, I think, I think we have you guys week one. Um, I don't. Oh. You guys have you guys have a lot of different pieces to your puzzle and i think it's going to take you a little while to kind of understand like who whoever your qb is going to be like if you know if it's cam like who's he come like who's who's going to be his like go-to person so so i i have my thoughts on my team i want to jump on that in a minute but your team the dolphins so last year Tua came out you know tank for Tua was the big thing going into last year um <laughs> You had Fitz Magic starting off, Tua coming in later on. You guys definitely making some moves, making you know, getting some good picks this year. How do you feel about your team going into the season, knowing, I, honestly, very little because last year was a horrible judgment of a lot of things because the offseason wasn't there. Most teams really didn't start playing until week six almost. I mean, look at Tampa Bay, probably one of the most dominating yeah. teams in the back half of the season. If you tail the first six games of the season, they may have almost gone undefeated the rest of the year if they had the offseason. So, I mean, it was a really bad year to see what a team was really made of. Miami being one, I will admit Miami being one because you have a rookie quarterback with zero offseason. Thankfully, having an extremely good veteran quarterback ahead of him um, that has a lot of experience and talent and ability to um, mentor. But, you know, where do you see you guys rolling into the season with the pieces that you brought over from last year and the pieces you're bringing in this year, where, what do you think your, your final record, Miami's final record this year is going to be and what's going to be the, the best part and the worst part of your team. What are we at? 17 games this year. Yep. So 18 weeks, 17 games. I want to say 17 now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, real but, quick, what are you smoking, man? Because yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, no, so I do, I do think we're going to be above 500. Mm -hmm. 
I think we're gonna have a winning record. I I know you know a lot of people have their doubts on Tua. Um, last year was tough. I I think he's just trying to find his his rhythm uh, coming off of an injury and, and just like you know rehabbing. Like I think I think this year getting a proper preseason, getting some good off season like practice and like being around like the new members of his team. Again, he's reunited with with Jalen Waddle. I love that. Everyone's talking about Jamar Chase, but I like Jalen Waddle coming to Miami and being reunited with Tua. I think that's going to give him a lot of confidence on the field. Yeah. Um, I also think they're going to put Jalen. I mean, first off, he can play anywhere, but now we've got Will Fuller. So mm-hmm. the weapons that we have now are way better from last year. Right. Um, and you guys Gaskin still have Devontae Parker still there? Devontae Parker's right there. And that's like a yeah. big thing. It's like, who's going to emerge? It could be any one of those three. Who's going to be the number one guy? They all are like, I, I wouldn't say any one of them right now are true number ones, but they're all top tier number twos with the potential of becoming a number one wide receiver. I can see, yeah, I can see one of them emerging as like, and, you know, top 20 wide receivers at the end of the season. Like sitting around, you know, the lower half of that. If I had a pick right now, I would say Fuller has the best opportunity. Devontae Parker's had every opportunity in the Absolutely. world to do it. He never could. Fuller, I think, has every opportunity to waddle. His first three games are going to determine if he can be that guy or, not, or if he's going to be like, hey, I'm the number two. And Parker, sorry, man, you're going to be like a blip on the radar. Yeah, it's, it's definitely hard to put that kind of... Um expectation on rookie wide receivers we do it every year you know oh, we do yeah. it with the running backs too yeah but uh i think you know there's i think it's gonna be good i think um i like miles gaskin this year we've got they brought uh malcolm brown over from the rams we acquired him and uh so we'll see if how they use those two running backs if it's gonna be you know all miles gaskin or it's or is it gonna be like a committee you know right no, definitely. I mean, and it, it could honestly go either way. I mean, it depends on how the season starts, which, I mean, it, you saying that, you know, committee or whatever, and that rolls right into my concerns about the Patriots is, you know, we, I, as a Patriots fan, I have never been more shocked at a move by Bill Belichick until this offseason. He is probably the worst offseason coordinator ever with making moves in this offseason he was just was like you know what i'm gonna fuck with everyone and just attacked the offseason attacked free agency brought in every piece that we were missing last year it's like why couldn't you do this last year i mean yes we still are truly missing a number one wide receiver we do not have a true number one and that's my biggest fear going into the season we brought in a lot of amazing support wide receivers though I mean, Nelson Aguilar is probably the closest thing to number one we have, but he does not have that capability. I like Boone, man. I I don't see him as number one, though. Yeah. I so, yeah. Like, that's my concern. That's why I was like, Julio, like, we got to go after Julio. Now there's, there's talks like OBJ's not happy in Cleveland. Like, maybe we go after that. Like, I don't know. We have to do, we have to make some kind of big move. But, like, you know, you, you, you guys brought Hunter Henry and John Smith trying to, like, bring back the Gronk and, like, 
Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's like <laughs> as long as one of them doesn't decide to murder their their friend, we're solid. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, realistically, I mean, going into it, it's like you know, the biggest question I have going into the season is, can, you know, last year Cam Newton came into a shitty situation, coming off an injury and then into a season with no off season, and then getting COVID. And just never really being able to hit his stride. And now we throw in a rookie quarterback that is potentially our future. So, like, you know, looking at this, the season, our schedule and everything, you know, I, I actually, you know, wrote down two different um, standings for us, like where I'd say we'd be. We're either going to be nine and eight or we're going to be 11 and six. And yeah. that's because, okay, does Cam come in? and be Cam and just rock the season and be the Cam Newton that we started to see flashes of last year where his legs confuse defenses because it's something that they've never seen out of the Patriots before. And he really starts connecting with the teams or does Cam just flounder right early on and then, you know, we go one and four or two and three or something like that. And then they go, you know what? We're going to put Mac Jones in. And then he struggles and it starts to pick up steam later in the season finish nine and eight maybe hit wild card status maybe not or do things just start firing on all cylinders and we go 11 and six we sneak in and you know either top seed wild card or just barely sneak into the playoffs it's really going to depend on i think everything hinges on cam newton right now yep and i mean let's not we're having this talk very early but there's still a huge possibility that you guys acquire aaron Rodgers. Like the Pats are like a front runner. It's yeah. the Pats, the uh, Broncos, and the Eagles right now that I see. I think he goes to the Broncos if he leaves Green Bay. Yeah, I, I, I know the Pats may be up there, and it's like, hey, you know, if we can get him, he's a perfect mentor to Mac Jones because he's a pocket passer like we want. I, the Broncos, I see for the foreseeable future being like that journeyman team that they just go after the quarterbacks that are like leaving teams. They will not draft, or they just don't have the capability of drafting a, you know, top tier quarterback. I mean, they did Peyton Manning. They tried going after rookies. None of them freaking worked. You know, after Aaron Rodgers, they yep. could use it. This is going to be a very interesting season for both of our, because I think we're in like similar positions. We've got two quarterbacks that we're kind of like questionable about. Both have like a pass of, you know, like having like previous injuries, right. but they've got weapons. I do think the Dolphins have a better defense, and I think we have really better. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so, man. Really? I, I think we lost Chung. He retired, but Hightower's back, and we bolstered a lot of the holes that we had last offseason. And even with all of our opt-outs, which I think the Patriots had the biggest opt-out rate last year for any single team, our defense was still like in the top half of the league. I wish I could look up the defensive rankings from last year right now. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, sure but... we were still... <laughs> I'm going to see if I can pull this up. I think those yes. were up there. We got uh, uh, one of the McCordy twins. And we gave you Hightower back. So it's like a little swap. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no I don't know. I, I think it's going to be very interesting. I mean, and I think we can both agree that, you know, the the future of both of our teams definitely relies on some of the youth. But the biggest thing that we both have to worry about 
unfortunately, is the, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I was going to just cut you off. I was like, yeah, I think we both can agree that we're not going to touch the Buffalo Bills this year. <laughs> <laughs> because they are a scary team. And I think every year, Josh Allen just goes, you know what? I think I'm going to be better this year. You know what? I think I'm going to do better again. You know what? I'm going to keep doing better. And it scares yeah. the crap out of everyone. <laughs> so they were posi- the Patriots were the number 12 ranked fantasy wise last year. Mm. And Miami was. Oh, Miami actually was better last year. They were eighth. Yeah. But you, even still, I mean, the Patriots had the biggest opt outs and almost everyone was on the defense. And we still finished. That's 12. true. That is true. I mean, and a lot of people are saying like the Pats were going to have a terrible year because they're like, who do you guys have left? Everyone opted out, and it just normal Patriot fashion. Joe Schmo that worked at Burger King last week comes in and it dominates in the NFL, and you're like, what the hell? Where does Bill find these people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this makes no sense. Obviously, for me, football is my biggest passion. Um, this other one, I, you know, I, I used to be a more of a fan of, and not so much more recently, but uh, I enjoy our little jabs at each other, whether it's the Celtics and Heat. Um, <laughs> I my head is hanging low right now because he got dominated <laughs> and swept by the Bucks <laughs> in the playoffs. And I you always been further than the Celtics did, though, didn't you? No, nope, same round. You oh, guys, okay. you guys almost got swept. You got one. You, you lost yeah. one game. But yeah. I mean, I really so. Historically, hated the Celtics. Just like growing up, I'm, I wasn't a fan of Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is amazing. He was All he's right. an icon in Boston. Debatable. Yeah, in Boston. Yeah, in Boston. Uh, he, I don't, I don't think he made some comments, and he said that he was better than Dwayne Wade. And I was like, hold on, man, huh? He is. Do I need to bring up the Dwayne stats Wade. right now? No, Hold on. I, I don't care actually... about stats. Dwayne Wayne's a little whiny ass. What you, you, you? He's better because you like him better. No, <laughs> so, honestly, I coming out of so, players. Hang on. So coming out of the the draft, you know, with uh, what was it the, Wayne? Yeah, Wade. He came out the same year that LeBron and um, Melo. Melo did. Right? Yeah. So coming out, I actually like Dwayne Wade more out of those three coming out. I was like, I like him way more. And I knew the one thing I had concerns about was injury issues. So back when they were coming out, that's when I paid a lot of attention to basketball. I was like, I think Melo will be okay. LeBron will be a great player, but I like Dwayne Wade the most. Dwayne Wade's biggest issue, just like Derrick Rose, is that he spent half of his career being hurt to some degree. No, 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 no. no. He he was was always issues. You can't compare him to to Derrick Rose because he, he did. He was injured a couple times, but like first he off, played more Rose. than Derrick Rose did. But they were both even Dwayne. Oh, you he, have to admit he's led. He's led the teams in the final in, in the playoff runs. Like every time they've made it to the playoffs. I mean, he. I mean, it was all him in two thousand six. Him and Shaq. I mean, and Shaq yeah. was out on the tail end of his career. So that yeah. for him, that youngin's career to do that, that was pretty impressive. I mean, they did have. People think of that team and they think of just uh, Wade and Shaq, but they had, I mean, uh, they had a, they had a pretty deep team. They had 
Eddie Jones. They had a lot of like those. No, I don't want to say washed up, but like back end career players that still had a lot of talent. They just couldn't be yeah, they a guy Gary anymore. Jason Williams. Man, yeah. you know they had a they had a roster. Yeah, they definitely did. I mean, and that's why. Like honestly, like I have never been a LeBron fan. I have I've never liked him since he came into the league. Never been a big fan of the guy. That draft, I thought Dwayne Wade was going to be the best out of all of them. Unfortunately, LeBron got the spotlight, and that's just how it, you know, that's how history I, was written. I feel similar to about LeBron just because, like, I mean, last year in the finals when, you know, the Heat, man, in the bubble, that was something magical. You know, we, we, we made it. No one, we, no one thought that the Heat were going to make it that far. Uh, you know, we you guys want to run. Butler. We had Jimmy Butler. Um, that's our only like all star and right. a young core. We have Bam Adebayo, you know, Tyler Hero, who really didn't do much this year, but he did a lot last year. And like, I love Duncan Robinson. He's also from Port, uh, he's from Portsmouth. Duncan yeah. Robinson, he's our, he's our sharpshooter too. So, yep. shout out to Duncan Robinson, man. You know, you got a Heat fan up here. I hope you're listening, Duncan. I hope you're listening. <laughs> Miami runs on Duncan. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I mean, definitely. I mean, I remember last year watching, like, and giving you shit because you know, every time they put up a loss or have a bad game, I'd be like, oh, well, there goes the heat. But watching them, I mean, Tyler Hero really, I mean, it. it's cool to see, like, those young guys. This, they thrived in that bubble scenario, and it, it, I think it's going to help a lot of them later in their career because they just they got exposure think, earlier on. I do think what hurt us was our our moves during the season, our trades. Um, I think we got rid of people that we didn't think, or we let people go that we didn't think were essential to like our you know our our success and our competitiveness. Like uh, Crowder, yep. he was huge for us i and he's like doing great over in phoenix right now mm-hmm. and i think phoenix that they awesome. i, I I've, I've got the phoenix winning the whole thing i got phoenix winning yeah. like i got i got i got them being the next champions this year um they are just dominating right now it's almost scary yeah. i think it'll be phoenix and the nets this year um I so do nets. you think i i can't stand the nets either so thanks for saying that first yeah. <laughs> yep I honestly on the east besides the uh besides the heat so growing up just to, just to go back like I wasn't a fan of the super team of Garnett, Pierce and Allen but I like the Celtics now. I like Jason Tatum. So I was going to ask you so back then so the big 3 prior to the big 3 forming my my favorite player in the NBA, I, I was a big Celtics fan, you know, obviously as they were the home team for me or whatever, but my favorite NBA player has always been Kevin Garnett. Um, I liked him on the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. I hated the Timberwolves, but I'd watch the games because I liked Garnett. A lot of people don't like him because he's kind of, he had his own personality about him, but yep. when he came to the Celtics, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. I, I was through the moon because I was like, all right, he's coming to my home team. I actually went and got to see him play in Boston. I was like, this is amazing. You know, I, I had it was it was amazing just to have like the guy I looked up to 
watching, you know, early on be in my hometown so, or be in my home play. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when I was younger, my so my mom was a hairdresser and the studio that she rented out from um, the guy who owned it was wealthier and he was a season ticket holder for the Celtics. And so he would offer her at his season ticket rate tickets to games all the time. And so they were like row 25 or 30. And it was like the kind of corner angle. So we were behind the hoop, but off to the side enough where we could see the whole court. And we went to two games a year for like three years straight or whatever. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, I loved it. It was so much fun. I mean, I haven't been to a Celtics game since, but I mean, I've probably been to, I'd say, yeah, six or seven Celtics games probably five or six Bruins games uh, been to one Patriots game and I've yet to go to a Red Sox game. And that's, that's on my bucket list. I got to do that. I had, I had tickets to see uh, the Celtics play the heat last year, but they got, it was right when COVID came up and game got canceled. Uh, it was, yeah, it was beginning of April. And I, I, I'm telling you, man, I was about to buy my Ray Allen heat Jersey and walk right into the TD guard and wearing that thing, man. <laughs> Uh, you might have got stabbed. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> I've seen no joke. I, you know, I think I was probably, I don't know, you know, I was teenage years ish, going walking through Boston, probably one of my first times. My parents brought us down. We stayed in a hotel down there, seeing Boston for the first time, and just thinking, "Holy cow, that's crazy!" And I remember seeing a guy walking down the street through Boston wearing a Yankees jersey and hat. And walking by a couple of guys wearing Boston Red Sox hats, them looking at him, turning around and like chasing down and beating the crap out of him, and then just walking off like nothing happened, and no one said a word. Oh man, I was it's, like, uh, that guy's a brave man for putting that on in the city. Oh man, I kind of feel that way when I walk around the plant in my like dolphin sweater, like especially like. After, like, the Miracle in Miami. You remember that? You remember when? Kenyon Drake. You remember the Miracle in Miami? That was yeah. that was a good game, dude. I remember walking around the next day in my dolphin sweater, the plant. People just looking at me like, oh, man, I want to, like, strangle this guy right now. I'm like, I go, I'm like HR, man. HR. <laughs> I Come on, do it. Right Make now. my day. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I... I'm 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 more excited about the Celtics now than I have been since the big three, though, for sure. I mean, I really like Jason Tatum. I think he's a if we can keep him happy, he's going to be the Paul Pierce of our team going forward. He's going to be the new face. He's going to lead the team. Oh. He's going to be the mentor. Um, Dude, fuck Paul Pierce. He's way more than that. Oh, shut up. I think Paul <laughs> Pierce was uh, anyways, but I really do like Kemba Walker if he can stay on the court. Jalen Brown's doing good. I wish Taco Fall was what we thought he was going to be, but um, yeah. you know, Marcus Smart, he has his his hot streaks and everything. Um, and I, I mean, I think we have a good team. I think we have some holes that we could fill, do a little better. I think center is where we need help at because I don't think Taco Fall is what we thought he was supposed to be or what the league thought he was supposed to be. Yeah, you need you need another star. Yeah, and in- I think we need a, a veteran. We have no veterans. Uh, Mark Smart, great player. Jalen Brown, great player. Um, but you need, I mean, Kemba is great. I 
there's talks about Kemba not staying in Celt- in on the Celtics, yeah. you know, on his offseason. So the biggest I mean, thing I, that yeah, yeah, the biggest thing that we have is who's what veteran do we have? We have no veteran presence. There's yeah. there's no like I get you know I get going into a, a team and wanting to rebuild and start fresh, start young, build for the future. You can't bring in a bunch of young guys without anyone that's been there for 10, 12 years to show them the ropes. I mean, the biggest thing, like, and I, I was talking to a guy at work and uh, it's in the office with me, John, who's actually in our league. And we were talking about it. I was like, the best thing the Celtics could do right now, if they don't want to go after a true veteran in free agency and they want to stay young and they want to stay in this like rebuilding young phase, they need to go after a coach who used to be a player. I heard Chauncey Billups is actually a candidate for the coach for the Celtics right now. If they yes. bring in someone like Chauncey Billups, that is the veteran presence we need, but they are a coach, but they have been a player and they will have the respect of the team. And that's what we need in Boston right now. It's really interesting to see these like, uh, like these old, like these ex players, you know, Jason kids killing it right now. Jason kid, Steve Nash, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, was it the Heat? Was it the Heat's coach for a while? Was it an ex-player too? Right? Um, like not as big of name of players. I mean, for our, at least our generation, but there has been other former bigger name players that have been coaches. I mean, Teron yeah. um, Howard, who I was thinking about. Okay, but I mean, I mean he's, even he's in, he's back in Michigan right now. Yeah, coaching. He's but I mean, great. even the Celtics prior to. You know, before Doc Rivers, he was a, a basketball player, so that's why he had the yeah. respect of the entire team. He had been there, he had like done his time, whatever. So he had that respect. And then we went over to the new system, and it's just like it didn't work out because we lost all of our veteran presence or presence. Yeah. There we go. And it just we need. I think the best thing they could do, if Chauncey Billups can do it, that's we need to go after a former player. Hell, I would say. Get uh, fucking Paul Pierce out of the broadcasting booth and get him into Boston as a coach. I don't think he's allowed back in the broadcasting booth from that last <laughs> scandal. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I think actually he, he works for Bristol like, Sports now, doesn't he? Yeah, wasn't he doing like cocaine off of strippers' butts and stuff, dude? Like, I think so. He yeah, what were you at, saying that he was better than Dwayne Wade? Yeah. He got caught at a strip club without his mask on during COVID protocols, and there may or may not have been drugs involved. But hey, yeah. I would invite him back to Boston to be our coach. Yeah, bring bring him back to Boston. Let him coach our team. Let, let right, him mentor fine. our youth. <laughs> Kevin Garnett, then I'll bring him in. Yeah, he's gonna teach him to throw punches at everyone. Oh. Honestly, I didn't have an issue with Kevin Garnett. Like, yeah, back then I didn't really like like him too much, but I did understand like what his role was on the team. He was that he was that scrappy guy. He was like. Draymond Green is to the Warriors, you know. He was almost like the, you know, what you'd be as in hockey, the enforcer of the team. I'm out here, I can play, but I'm out here just to fuck shit up if I need to. The only player during that time that I I liked because I I, I just always have loved him is Ray Allen. Ever since I saw he got game with Denzel Washington, I'm like, (laughs) dude, Jesus Shuttlesworth, man, I, I love you. He was, was Ray Allen was a classic saw, player. He's on on camera. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> that movie. Oh, coming to Miami, loved it. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Now, I, I think now that the Celtics are, 
they're in the heading in the right direction. And I, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to make it sound like I'm a fair weather fan. Cause definitely I still keep following them. Just not as religiously as I used to, um, you know, paying more attention to them as they kind of fix, fix their organization, you know, I'll pay more attention, pay more attention to that rivalry. But, you know, my true heart and soul is definitely into football and that ties right into, you know, Another thing we have going for us, our you know our backgrounds is fancy football, and our very, very competitive and sometimes just over the top league that we are uh, in right now. Um, this league has been in. Let's see, we are going into our third season in its current form, but fourth season overall. Um, the first season was kind of just uh, we were figuring things out, and year two we really got the league into its you know, final form where we're at now, we continue to evolve and um, definitely have a good cast of characters in there. But uh, as commissioner and you being my co-commissioner, it's definitely a, a very unique group. And uh, we're very open with each other all the time with our uh, bantering and bickering and uh, jawing at each other. It's it, It's a good league. But, you know, before we talk about, I guess, our individual teams or our individual comments, I want to know from you, your number one rookie and your number one veteran coming into this year that you think, like, who's going to be the best rookie coming into this fantasy season and who's going to oh. be your best veteran coming into this season? It doesn't matter position. They're going to either lead or be, you know, top five of their position that where they wouldn't have been before. I don't want you going, oh, yeah, Travis Kills is going to be the number one tight end. Yeah, no shit. Give me someone that's, yeah. you know, someone that's going to excel this year. Um, see, I really hate to put all my chips on a rookie in fantasy. Um, Everyone but does. If but if I would make say, yeah, because people always do it. People did it with um, uh, Clyde uh, yeah. last year. Yep. But. Edwards Hilaire. Um, I think this year I would say my rookie would be Najee Harris. Yep. Uh, I think, I think he would be where he got picked. I just I, I mean, I, I look at not necessarily him as a player, but like the team he's on. Right. Uh Connor's gone. He's he's with he's with the Cardinals now. Um it's really all him. Ben's getting older. I don't know what his arm's going to look like. We already know that Juju can't handle being the number one receiver. I think this is going to be a good year for uh, 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 Deontay uh, yeah, Johnson. Johnson. Yep. It needs to be a good year for him. Um, but I think Harris is this, he's going to be just like, the bell cow and they're just going to feed him. He's young, he's built and they have no one else to give the ball to. So <laughs> I, someone's going to get it. I see, I see like mock drafts and I'm, yep, I'm already doing mock drafts. I see him going like, you know, even in the end of the first round, you know, mid second round for some people, I wouldn't do that. But I think if he slips to the third, I'll grab him. You know, or or end of the second, depending on where my pick is. Yep. But I like him. And as far as veterans, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, looking at the rankings, 
uh, that's come out. There's a lot of like big names that you'll see, you know, down in the middle. And you're kind of like, oh man, like, you know, this a year ago, two years ago, this guy was like top 10, you know, top 10 of their class, you know, of wide receiver, top 10 running back. And it's just like, you know, how they're going to do like David Johnson. Don't trust him. I mean, that is a mess <laughs> down in Houston. Yeah. It is. But I think about guys like Michael Thomas. I mean, if you look at some of the wide receivers that are the top wide receivers, like Devonte Adams, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, like those guys have been around for a little while. And I think of those, like I like Stefan Diggs. I like DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I look at, kind of the guys whose situation of where they're at from last year, they've performed, but it hasn't changed much. So it's going to be rough for Devontae Adams if, if you know, Aaron Rodgers leaves. Um, but Stefan Diggs, I like him. I think, I think he's going to have another great year. So um, I, I do agree with that too, but before we get more into the veterans, I want to jump back real quick to the rookies. Out of the rookie class of quarterbacks. Oh, okay. So two things. This is a two question. So this is going to include Trevor Lawrence. This is going to include Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. I want you to list them in order of overall like how, how well they finished this year. And then how well you think they finish year two? Mm, okay. And do you, do you think all of them get a chance to start this year, first off, or no? I don't think so. Um, shoot, I need to. I think. The thing with, the thing with uh, Trevor Lawrence is. They've got new coaching down there, but he's got DJ Shark and Marvin Jones. And neither of those guys, you know, if you look at, you know, what they did last year, it was, it wasn't, you know, nothing huge on like fantasy, like relevance. Um, of those two wide receivers, like, I don't know who's going to, who's going to be his go-to guy. Right. I think Trevor's going to, I think I think Trevor's gonna do good. I would put him as my number one, just because of his like sheer talent and what they you know. I know he's starting. You know what I mean. I know they're right, gonna build yeah. their offense around him. Yep. So whether or not he's like the QB that I like the most, rookie QB, like he's my he's who I think has the will. The organizations will have like more focus on. Mm -hmm. uh, after him, Justin Fields. Yep. I think he is sharp. I like him over with the beers. Like, I think. I think. Um, I want to look at their. Uh, they got Andy Dolan over there, right? Over in the bit, yeah. So they signed Andy Dalton in the uh, to like a one-year incentive type deal. But I mean, I think so that's more I mean, of like it, a veteran presence. Yeah. So I mean, I I haven't seen any word on whether or not he's going to start. 
don't think they've um, decided yet. Yeah. But if he does, I think I like him. Lawrence Fields, what do you feel about Wilson with the Jets? Lance with the Niners and Jones with the Pats. I mean, so you got Robert Sala, who's over in the Jets. Um, it's a different coaching change. He might, you know, breathe some life into the Jets. You got Corey Davis that's over there now. Right. And Jameson Crowder. So he's got his weapons. Uh, it's... It's tough to say. So we've got we've got Zach Wilson and uh, who else do we got? Trey Lance to San Francisco and uh, Mac Jones to the Pats. Yeah, I would say I'd say Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. Okay. Now, what about year two? What order do you put him in? If Trey Lance starts, I'd put him ahead of Zach Wilson. And I think that'd be my only change in that. Okay. So I put all right, so this year for this year I put Trevor Lawrence number one, because we know he's gonna start all games barring injury. Hands down. Number two, Justin Fields. I think the league fucked up and he should have been drafted by the Jets. The Jets lost out on this the number two quarter like he was 1B to Trevor Lawrence's 1A coming into this year. Um, oh, wait, we got to do uh, breaking news. Uh, we have a uh, seltzer chug moment coming up here. The alarm went off. <laughs> All right. And I think the alarm went off a lot early, like, you know, like probably like 10 minutes ago, but we're in the middle of just like we're in it. So, and I've been drinking my gin and tonic this whole time anyway. So, Oh boy, here we go. Right. It's not it's not like I don't have a good prime in me right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go, man. God damn it. You're gonna be uh I'm gonna get all the fancy answers out of you in a few minutes here. Oh you no. definitely hit that one quicker than the first one. Like I said, don't trust anything I say <laughs> today. All right, so I said Trevor Lawrence one, Fields two. I definitely think the league fucked up with that one. Um number three. I put for this year, Zach Wilson. Um, I think, obviously, he's going to start the whole season as well. I don't think he's going to do well as Fields. I don't know that Fields is going to start the whole year, but I think he is going to finish out better than Wilson. Um, yeah. Trey Lance, I think, has the potential to start this year. Um, it just depends on how Jimmy Garoppolo starts the season off. I I see San Francisco moving towards, sorry, Jimmy, we're done with you. Trey, you're starting. And it's just at what point, like, Trade, you have the playbook down, yes or no yet? Because at that point, we're moving out Jimmy G. And then Mac Jones. Mac Jones could easily jump up, but I don't see... Knowing the Patriot way and how things go and knowing what Cam Newton has been able to do when he's healthy, I don't see Mac Jones playing this year if all things go proper. And even if he does, it's going to be very limited. So I think he's going to have the worst rookie season. Now, going into year two... Mine's way different than yours. So I have Justin Fields as number one. I think he, I argued going into this that Justin Fields is better than Trevor Lawrence. I think he's the best rookie quarterback coming out. And I think a year of maybe playing 70% of year one snaps coming into year two, he's going to be that guy. Um, I also think 
next year, Cam Newton is gone. And I honestly think Mac Jones is the number two rookie out of this class. Um, and wow. I, I think it's a lot of it, I believe, is a system thing. The way the Patriots offenses run and the way that Belichick and that team and Josh McDaniels builds the offense will make him better than he truly is. Um, and I think, honestly, Brady, his first five years, he played better than what he was. He was not as good as he was supposed to be. But the way we built our offense made him better than what he was. And I think that's how they're going to do. I think that's Mac Jones is going to go that same path. He's going to play, you know, 10 positions better than what he's supposed to because the way we build our offense. Yeah. Then it'll be Trevor Lawrence dropping down to three. Trey Lance stays right at four for me. And then Zach Wilson drops to five. I don't think Zach Wilson. I don't like Trey Lance and I don't like Zach Wilson at all. I think they're probably the worst two out of the draft. I, unless the Bears, like, get some more, uh, I guess, depth at the wide receiver position, and even tight end, like, all they have is Allen Robinson. So it's, like, it's going to be rough for Justin Fields. I think this year it'll just, it's a change in style. Just like, you know, when RG3 came to the link for Washington, it's like, it's just enough of a change that they're going to do all this year. Yeah. It's how they react to that going into next year if they, he continues to do well. I do think David Montgomery is going to have a hell of a year. Oh, hell yeah, he will. He's going to go nuts. I, he had a very strong, like, ending to his year last year, and yep. um, he gets targets. So for PPR leagues, like, I like, I like David Montgomery. I think yep. I'm – yeah. He's all on right. my radar. So for me – my top rookie, my top veteran. Uh, I'm actually going to go with, so I think A.J. Brown is going to have a huge year this year because of the Julio move. Um, I think Julio is a better complement to A.J. Brown than Corey Davis was. Um, I think the threat of Julio will prevent, because I think as soon as A.J. Brown started performing well last year, he immediately started getting the number one guy. He started getting the double coverage, and people forgot about everyone else on the team. And by having Julio there, you have to respect the talent and the potential out of him. And even if you don't put your number one on him, you can't double team A.J. Brown because right. you have to be watching Julio. So I think A.J. Brown has a huge jump. And I wouldn't call him a he, – he's really not a veteran, but he's not a rookie this year. You know, he's going into right. the second year. I think he has a big leap, though, because of this. I mean, I think Julio hurts his value a little bit, but I think – he helps his value more than he hurts it because of. Do you choose Julio or AJ Brown over Julio? Um, depending on the league, if it's a PPR league, yeah, I choose AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown gets more targets. I think Julio becomes more of the 2015 Deshaun Jackson of he's going to get you three catches for 89 yards and two touchdowns because he's going to be yeah. the deep threat. You know what I mean? Like, points, maybe Julio's the guy because he's going to ball out a little bit, but A.J. Brown's going to catch you six, seven balls a game. I think I think um, uh, Tannehill has his his relationship with A.J., and I think exactly. Julio is just going to strengthen that. And I, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to have a hell of a year. Yeah, and it, what it's going to be is that Tannehill's not stupid. I think Tannehill has been in the league long enough that he knows 
as soon as, you know, A.J. Brown's going to catch four balls for 56 yards or whatever, and they're going to start double-teaming him, and he's going to immediately go, you guys fucked up, and he's going to catch Julio on a deep streak, and they're going to capitalize also, on Also, I don't, I, I don't think Tannehill's comfortable throwing that far, so... <laughs> but he can. The thing is, he's yeah, not he comfortable can. because he never did well in Miami doing it, but yeah. now... He's gonna. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to play the deep ball, but he knows that. Hey, hand. Up, all right, Derrick Henry. Here you go. You know, AJ Brown. Here you go. Nonstop. And as soon as they start crowding the box or they start double teaming Brown, Julio, I'm gonna just throw this thing up, and you're gonna come down with it because 90 percent of the time on a one-on-one coverage, you're gonna get the ball. And yeah. he has that guy that can stretch it. Corey Davis couldn't do that. I think we both agree that all of this. It's just gonna make Derrick Henry's life a lot easier, and right, I think so he is. Fuck for, you. for everyone that doesn't know about our league, is no, nope, um, no, nope, nope, I'm cutting this out. Fuck you. Fuck you. Are you cutting this out? Yeah. No, I don't. I'll probably leave it, but I'm just you know, screw you, man. I know. I think it's going. important to say how our league is structured. Wait. Before that, let me let let me talk about my rookie, and then you can go on your little. Oh, look at me! I made a good trade. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I, God, I can't even think about this. All right, <laughs> so, ah, fuck you. My my rookie is you know you mentioned Najee Harris. I think it's a good idea. You know, I think it's a good good pick. I think the Steelers utilize the running game pretty well. Um, I think they have some holes to fill and everything, but I think he's gonna do do pretty well there. Um, I honestly think Jamar Chase is my choice. I I don't know that Cincinnati is ever gonna be a, or I don't want to say ever is gonna be, but I don't think in the next few years they won't be a a true threat to the league, but. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, I, I think they are starting something special there. And I think the team's heading in the right direction. You know, unfortunately, AJ, um, AJ Green's gone, but they have Tyler Boyd. They have John, is it John Ross there? Who's got some just yeah. wheels on him if he can get on the field more. And I, I think they have some potential there. And I think Jamar Chase is going to just connect extremely well with Burrow because they played well together already. Um coming from the same school, playing together, now playing together Actually, in the pros. John Ross. John Ross went to the Giants. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, but, I mean, even still, so they, Chase and Burrow have a repertoire from college. So, immediately, Burrow's got a, his safety blanket back. I think that helps Tyler Boyd's value out because, you know, everyone knows A.J. Green was slowing down. He was getting old. So, now you've got another guy who's got some threat to him that Tyler Boyd's going to be that veteran threat with a rookie guy and they're going to start balancing each other out. I think Jamar Chase has a killer year. I think he's just going to go crazy over in Cincinnati as long as Burrow comes back healthy. So I want to I wanted to say Jamar Chase. Believe me. But two things. Okay. Statistically any athlete coming back year one after a major surgery or any kind of recovery, they're not going to perform, you know, as well True. as their second year, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I factor that. And I factor the fact that Cincinnati did not do 
any damage control on their O line on this offseason. No, they, they did not they do anything to ha- to help this guy. So yeah. I That's see true. an uptake for Joe Mixon because Giovanni Bernard is out. Um, doesn't mean I'm going to draft him because I don't trust Joe Mixon, but I think it's going to be really hard. Um, unless they use him in special ways to for you know Jamar Chase to like be successful over there, right? That O line is they, they, I mean, they're just doing such a disservice to to Joe Burrow. It's fucking it's rough. I think a lot of people are surprised that they didn't do more. And I, mean, I, I would hope- pick that too. I would pick, I would have done that same pick, but yeah, yeah, I, I hope. Burrow can survive the season enough that the the team understands. Hey, we need to fix this, but he doesn't get hurt again because if he gets hurt again, it's it that would, I'd feel so bad for him. I mean, yeah, it unfortunately it may happen though, and that's at the point. It's like the team goes, "Well, shit, we screwed this up." <laughs> I mean, what do you do? Yeah. Um. All right. I will let you continue. Well, I think it's you know important to say how how our league is structured because it is actually very nice, and I think it's a way to keep everyone very competitive. So we have quarterback, two wide receivers, two running backs, one wide receiver tight end, and one flex. So there's not like because of the limited talent at the tight end position, you know, you don't have to go with a tight end. Also, it's a keeper league, but it's two years. So if you keep, you keep someone. Um, you can give the them three years. You draft them. Yeah, right. And if you trade, <laughs> you make a trade with someone. You can keep that player in the round that the other person that you traded with drafted them in. So two years ago, I made a trade with your beautiful host here. And it was what was the trade? Was it Michael Thomas? Um, and Tyler Boyd, I think it was. So I sent you Derrick Henry and Tyler Boyd for Michael Thomas and uh, who was the running? Was it Zeke? Wasn't Zeke, but it was. It was, let's say, a running back, a mid-tier running back. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, it it, it must have been like a Joe Mixing type running back. I think. Yeah, it, was, it yeah it was like a number two guy. But it, it it was during it was during like uh that year like Derrick Henry had kind of like a little you know uh downtick in production. He had like three the game like first three games of the season he went off and then he was quiet for like weeks four through yeah. eight and that's when I traded him. And and there were tons of articles coming out saying, oh, he's done. Like, he's not going to do much. Like, that's it for him. And that's when I, like, went in. Tyler drafted him in the fifth round. When we made that trade, I was able to keep Derrick Henry for the next year and the year after, which is this year, in the fifth round. So Derrick Henry is my fifth-round keeper. Yeah. That is beautiful. He'll be drafted in the first round next year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Be a free agent, but now man. it just makes it it makes it a little bit more like now I need to figure out like 
who who am I going to draft this year? Because I need to start thinking about who my keeper is going to be. I say this year is extremely important to you because now you got to look at, all right, who can I get a steal at and uh, have, have as my keeper next year, which yeah, that's the position I'm in this year because so not last year, the year before, I took uh, Tyler Lockett in the seventh round. And he blew up that year. So last year, I had him as my keeper in the seventh round. But unfortunately, uh, God, what's the guy's name? That his uh, the other wide receiver in Seattle, DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. There we go. DK Metcalf has proven himself, Jeez. and it is basically impossible to determine who's going to play well any given week. DK Metcalf, I think, is a little his floor is higher than Tyler Lockett's, but I think Tyler Lockett's ceiling is higher than Metcalf's, and it's just it. Tyler Lockett has a wider DK. spread. I see DK being drafted before Tyler this year. Oh, 100%. I see him going, rolling right into the number one spot. He's just got that body. He's, he's got the fast. size. Yeah. He's got the size, man. And I, he, he's on my draft radar, too. I oh, yeah. like DK over there. Yep. So this year, I am breaking away from my keeper, though, for sure. Um, I'm not keeping Tyler Lock in the seventh anymore because I think I can wow. get him. Big announcement here. Yeah, I think I could. I think I could draft him in probably the fifth or sixth round and be okay with it, um, and not lose out too much. Uh, I, I'm I'm torn between two right now. Um, torn between two keepers for this year, so I can either keep Josh Allen in the twelfth. Um, I think. Josh Allen has established himself as probably a top three drafted QB right now. Mahomes being in the top five rounds, and then Josh Allen and uh, I don't even know who else I'd put in there. He'll be in the top five as well. Yeah, I, I think he'd be he'll be drafted in the top seven easily, top seven rounds. So yeah. if I can keep him in the twelfth, I'm I don't have to pick a quarterback till the last round if I want to yeah. pick a second one. So. He's my second one. The other one I have is I had Devontae Adams in the second round, which I think he's a first-round wide receiver. So if I pick him in the second, I can take a top-tier running back in the first and be locked up and good to go. And it just depends you, on it depends on where I get my draft position because yeah. so I finished third last year. So once Chris and Chris make their picks, I'll look and see where I'm sitting on the board, and I think that's going to determine where I'm at. I mean – Definitely leaning heavy towards Josh Allen, but I I, I don't know. Um, where is the value stand? You land yourself McCaffrey and uh, Devontae Adams. But hey, is is Devontae Adams a person you would want to keep if uh, Aaron Rodgers leaves? That's the biggest concern I have. That's why I because initially it was like I'm taking Devontae in the second round as my keeper, hands down. And then Aaron Rodgers news came out. I'm like, I still think Devontae Adams. Uh, Devontae Adams is a number one wide receiver, but I don't think he's in the top three number one wide receivers without Aaron Rodgers, at least it's, for this year. That's the Michael Thomas scenario. Right exactly. Yeah. Same thing. I got, so this year, this past year, I had Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, and I got screwed with Michael Thomas because Drew Brees was out. Then he got into a fight with a team. And then he got hurt, and it was just like one thing after another. I was like, okay, my team was based off having two of the top four wide receivers in the league on my roster, 
and one of them can't stay on the field because either their quarterback's not there or they're just a friggin' idiot. Yeah. So, yeah. My personal wide receiver and running back, like, looks, free agent ones, ones that have moved in free agency, that I, around that middle portion, you know, late later round seven to nine, even probably like around five. Kenny Galladay. Yep. How's he going to do over in, with the Giants? Yep. Detroit, believe it or not. I mean, I, Detroit's going to suck, but like Tyrell Williams is over there. Okay. So he's the only one over there. Um, Corey Davis with the Jets. Um, Marvin Jones with Jacksonville. Is he going to yep. steal from DJ Shark? Who's going to come up on top of that? And then Will Fuller, the Dolphins. Like those like free agents moves, I'm like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see those. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah, I started thinking about it more. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, no, I could the, the, the thing with free the thing with like like uh fantasy steals is like you're gonna get steals with people that are just like that have just been traded. And like guys like this, who are like just been traded, that people are are across the board, they're unsure about like how they're gonna do in their new homes, and so all of their values just like shoot down. Like Kenny Galladay, like 2019, like stud. 2020, injured. Like, what's he gonna do with Danny Dimes? Like, is that right. someone that, like, that's someone that you might pick up at in like the sixth round, but he's gonna be a stud next year. Yeah. Like he might come back. Like he might be like, you know, that might be his number one wide receiver. Right? It probably will be. I mean, we don't know how like Darius Slay and, you know, will be, you know, but. Yeah, Darius Slay and um, Sterling Shepard. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this year's going to be, I'm, I think I'm more excited for this year than I was last year just because of the, we have our the off season is back. The workouts are back. The teams are working together. Um, I think a lot of these players that were coming off of injury last year into the league or coming into the league on a new team or rookies, whatever like that, are going to make leaps this year that they should have last year because they've had that repertoire with the teams now. And um, it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, I think there's going to be a lot of late round sleepers that people are is, players like I think a perfect example, like you said, though, is Kenny Galladay. You know, there's going to be players like him that people are going to sleep on two to three la- rounds later than they should because of this past season or the past scenarios. And they're going to you're going to immediately capitalize on their value. Um, I think it's going to be a weird season for that. And it's going to be across the board. There's going to be several wide receivers. There's going to be running backs. There's going to be quarterbacks that you're just like, hey, I took this guy in the 10th round, and next year we're going to talk about it. And you're going to be like, Haha, you freaking idiots. You let me take this guy in the 10th, and he's a third-round pick. And like, what the hell? Yeah. And that's, I mean, especially in our league, that's, you know, definitely going to happen. <laughs> so it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting year. I, I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm excited. I think I'm more confused going into this year than I was last year, just because of a lot of the unknown that we have. 
I think like I feel like every year I'm just like, oh man, this year's crazy. But I think really <laughs> this year, this year's fucking nuts. It's very interesting because it's just like not only like the players, um, just so many moves. I mean, the coach, the coaching moves as well. You know, those those moves. I mean, I think about that as um, with the Tennessee coach uh, Arthur. Went to Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, what's what's it going to look like over in Atlanta now? I mean, he's used to, you know, yeah, like the the styles of like his style of coaching with um, with Derrick Henry and and just those players. Like, how is he going to, you know, what's he going to do with what he has over there? I mean, he's got, I mean, he's got Kyle Pitts. I would say Kyle Pitts is my second like rookie like yeah guy. I mean I I like I like him especially now um yep. he's going to get a lot I'm really Russell Gage but also on the running backs I like Mike Davis Mike Davis doesn't have like I don't know who this who the second string running back is on that team but he's proven himself last year with Carolina that he's oh, able you. to fill um you know Christian McCaffrey's role not completely, but fairly well. I mean, he had a lot of receptions, and he's he, you know, he was able to pick up that load. So, and his thighs are the think, same size as your body. Yeah, I think I think Mike <laughs> Davis is another person that like people won't trust to pick up in the first couple of rounds, but he's someone that's going to fall. Yeah, maybe to the third, Good maybe end the second, and he'll be he'd be willing to pick up. Like I'd be willing to pick him up. Like. Where do you think Todd Gurley lands? Uh, what team he? What turn? What team is he going to be on? Yeah, where do you think he's going to go? Oh, uh, is oh, I, I don't think I Todd hear... Gurley's value is anywhere near what it used to be, but he's still a, a va- he's still a a capable NFL running back. So I mentioned earlier, like there's a lot of these big names that like. By their name value, you're like, oh man, like I want to grab that guy. Like Odell, like last season, Odell averaged like six targets. I mean, he was very, you know, he was injured, but like the season right. before that, he averaged like seven to eight targets. And that's not, that's not your top tier perform, you know, your, your right. wide receiver. I think wherever Gurley lands, he's not going to be the top guy. No, I think he's going to um, be a change of pace at somewhere. Yeah, and I would see him. I hear, I hear Denver, and I hear uh, Baltimore's looking at. Or I'm sorry, uh, not not Denver, uh, Detroit. And if Detroit goes after him, they're gonna have a crowded backfield. Yeah, I mean Swift and um, and Jamal Williams. Yeah, I mean that that right there is just like any kind of like structure like that. It's kind of keeps me like. Makes me a little uncertain. What is it? Um, the Texans, though, their running back four is uh, extremely confusing right now. I don't know if you've seen their their lineup there. Uh, it is uh, Ingram, Lindsey, and David Johnson. <laughs> like, I would take yeah. any one of those guys to be my number two in Miami. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So I think they basically looked at it and went, who's available? 
who can play decent. Okay, we want all of them because it's that one guy that just hoards all the running backs in fantasy. <laughs> He's that one there. They're that one asshole that no one that wants to play. That fucking asshole that just like takes all the running backs. I'm like, dude, fuck you. You can't do this. Why not? <laughs> I mean, but seriously, I mean, like you just said though, I would take any one of them to be my, you know, backup running back anywhere and they're just like, yeah, no, we're going to keep all of them and um you, you you can't do anything about it. I mean, yeah, Phil Lindsay, David Johnson, Mark Ingram. I mean, they've got some of these other no-name guys, but like Rex Burkhead, all players that are easily a, a true number two. And here we go with another uh, shotgun here. Oh, boy. Sorry, I wasn't trying to interrupt you. It just the time went and <laughs> what you were saying was. So we got hey. a mango lemonade. You can see that right there. Oh, yeah. Mango's my least favorite flavor, so I just. uh might as well shoot it down. So, pound it real quick and get I'm it over doing, with. Yeah. This is uh, all right. This one's for the Drinking Man podcast, huh? There we go. We've had our first three chugs on this. All right. Dictator chip. <laughs> I'll have to. Uh, I guess at some point I'll have to do a chug. Not not this episode, but I'll have to do a, a beer chug on one of these episodes here soon. Uh, there you go. Good boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that you just pounded that, we're going to move into the Drinking Man Drink of the Week. And now you're going to have to have another drink right away. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, this week's Drink of the Week. So, mostly I've been focusing on um, different whiskeys. Uh, last week, I, I broke out a nice bottle of mine of Old Rip. Um, the week before that, uh, I'm losing track of all of them, but I know I touched on Japanese whiskeys and different whiskey types and bourbons and everything. So this week, um, we already touched on it with the warmer weather. I've been migrating back over to my gin roots, and I have been loving my aviation gin. If you haven't had it yet, um, very very clean delicious gin and it is owned by a wonderful wonderful actor ryan reynolds uh who plays deadpool who may be one of my favorite characters right now out there um and unlike renzo and his fancy tonics i keep it simple with a little bit of lime juice and some uh good old polar tonic water and uh, call it good but um we talked a little bit before and um I guess out of I, I just being naive, I guess the uh, the overall gin scene up here is a lot more extensive than I knew. Um, and I, I know you want to elaborate on that a little bit, but it's it's interesting that gin is a very it's a small market. I, I feel like a lot of people like it, but not nearly as many people like it as don't. A lot of people, just, they don't like it or they've had a bad gin and it's ruined it for all the other gins out there. Um, and it's definitely a unique flavor and market for those. Well, I think a lot of people, they're like, oh, yeah, no, I've tried Bombay. I don't really like gin. And it's like, well, I mean, it's kind of like you saying like, yeah, no, I had Bud Light. I don't like beer. <laughs> yeah, It's no. like there's there's so many other flavor profiles for, you know, a distillery to kind of like attack and go for and try to like extract and put into their drink that like you've got to try it i mean yep like 
one of my favorites up here right now is and and I didn't even realize it was a local gin until I actually read the bottle is North Shore North North Shore Gin out of Portland, Maine. Yep. Um delicious, man. And it comes in a nice little glass bottle with a glass cork, so it's very fancy looking, but they've got a um They've got a really good gin, and it, it pairs well with this elder uh, flower tonic water that I get from Fever Tree. Yep. Now, so is that my like go-to. a cleaner taste, or is it definitely like the, uh, uh, I'm trying the right word, like piney gin flavor? Like, where do they fall on that spectrum? It's it's on the cleaner side. Okay. It's like definitely yeah. this aviation gin. You know it's a gin when you taste it, but like, as soon as you make a gin and tonic, it is very clean flavor. It's very you don't get that overpowering. Like, yep, okay, I got the the pine needle taste, or you know, yeah. it, it's not overpowering. Where like, um, what is it? New England Distillery. They make a gin. I like it. Don't get me wrong, but it is very much on the extreme. Yeah, like flavor it, spectrum of it. Yep. Um, another gin like that is. Bar Hill gin, mm-hmm. the honey one, that's a kind of gin that if I'm looking for something with like bold flavor, I go for Bar Hill. I think okay. it's very good for I've certain like it, cocktails like it. that. Work. Oh man, it's delicious. They, I, it's got a uh, like honey in it, so it's got like a really sweet finish. Uh, another one is, I'm not sure where Bar Hill is if it's a New England gin. Um, but Bully Boy out of Boston, great gin as well. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank in the name right now. It's uh, so I I, I bring it up because it, it's a funny story I have. Um, so let's see, a couple weekends ago, uh, unfortunately, you know, my my grandmother had passed away shortly after my son was born. And so we'd gone up north to, you know, do her celebration of life and all this stuff. And on the way back, we, uh, we being my, my brother, brother's girlfriend, myself, my parents went out to have uh, food. And uh, warmer day, and I was like, all right, I just want a, you know, a, a gin and tonic somewhere, get some food, something relaxing. So go to this restaurant, and I'm trying to find the name right now because I, I don't know why I can't think of the name of it. But I order a gin and tonic either way. Uh, I'll find the name here as I'm telling the story. But uh, Batson River. So Batson River, they have a, a place in Kennebunk and they have one in Portland. So we go to the Portland location and um, <clears throat> order a gin and tonic. And I'm expecting a, you know, normal, <laughs> normal glass, I guess. And shame on me for assuming that because it comes to me in the girliest tequila margarita fancy girl glass ever with a straw and like a frillish little dressing on top of it. (laughs) And I'm sitting there drinking this thing and I was like, God, okay. It tastes amazing. Their gin's amazing. It was really good. I was really impressed with it, but my mom just like leans over and like goes, what are you, what? what are you drinking? I'm like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> like, uh, it's a gin and tonic. She goes, are you sure it's a gin and tonic? I'm like, don't, don't even just don't talk to me right now. <laughs> and 
I don't know why, but like they, I asked the bartender, I was like, um, what's up with the glass? I was like, my, my, my boy, uh, my brother's girlfriend over here got a seltzer water and vodka and she got like a manly glass and I get this gin and tonic and I've got this frou-frou glass going on here. What, what's happening? Be comfortable in your skin, man. <laughs> just rock that glass. Rock Dude, it, was... it, man. Just, it, just, just, it's all right, you know? No, it, like, it was a weird I've been like, hell yeah. <laughs> so, actually, and like, to add on to it, I have never seen this before. They put mustard seed in it. Oh, oh wow. Like, instead of lime juice or whatever, they put mustard seed in it. So, like, at first, it looked like this, like, fancy garnish. I'm like, okay. And as I'm drinking it, all of a sudden, my drink starts turning, like, yellow. I'm like, what the hell? And I, like, start, I'm like, wait, is this mustard seed? And it, it made sense afterwards because, like, okay, it cuts that gin flavor and the tonic flavor a little bit. Yeah. Never seen that before in my life, though. That's interesting. I, I've got to try that. Yeah. I. I will never do that when I make my own drink, but if I ever see it, like when I'm going somewhere, it won't be as weird. Yeah, I chug truly, so I'm willing to try it, like right now. <laughs> yeah. I think I got Hang some on, let me go to the supply cap now. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta see how this yeah. is all about. Yeah. So when you make a gin and tonic, how do you make yours? Uh, as far as like portion? Well, or yeah, portion, what do you put in it? What do you make? Is it just gin and tonic, or do you do the lime juice in it, or lemon juice? I lemon. Um, if 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 I were to make it like, you know, perfect, fill a glass up with some ice cubes, uh, pour my gin first. I'll squeeze a lemon in there, like a little lemon wedge, just because that citrus really, I I I like that note, and then yep. I'll top it off with a tonic water because that kind of mixes it in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean the the elderflower tonic water that I get, like I can't, like just advertises enough. Should be mm. getting paid. It's <laughs> it's got enough flavor in it. It's just really good. It works with everything, everything that I've had. So I've got like a a standard. I mean, this is like a standard like pub glass or whatever. And I do what four ounces of gin, and then I do uh, I do lime juice. Um, I like lime juice better than lemon, and I do, I think, it, a little less than an ounce of lime juice. So it's like you know it, the the bottle I have has like the squeeze top, so it's got like the slow drip top on it. So I do like four squeezes of that, a little less than an ounce, and then top it off with like whatever tonic, or whatever, mix it up. Put I have like a single whiskey ice cube I put in there, and uh, it's uh, I, I like the citrusy like you said though, like it. Gives a good balance. I think that adds to like the refreshness, refreshingness yeah. of the drink or whatever. If I want heavy like citrus, I'll go with like a Tom Collins. Yep. And I'll just just do that, um, which I love as well. Some syrup, citrus, gin, easy, oh, nice. I can't remember the last time I had a Tom Collins, it's been a long time. Yeah. I uh, I immediately followed up that gin and tonic at Batson River though with a. Uh, old-fashioned so that definitely came in a manly glass <laughs> all right man so talking gin talking our favorite drinks um and definitely for me gin is a warm weather drink for me i, I don't really touch it much during the uh, winter season so rolling into summertime up here things are getting warmer unfortunately where we work is getting 
miserable. Um, but summertime. So I know you're much more of a active person than I am. You do a lot more outside activities than I do, but um, I feel like there's a lot of things that we do in common outside. So during the summertime, during the warmer weather, even like well, technically it's what still spring right now, technically right now. And our summers go a little bit later. What are your favorite summertime activities? Things that you, that you look forward to, things that you start to do. Oh man. Well, one that my biggest summertime, like end of the summer activity is the draft that I look forward to. So fuck yeah. That there. That is, I mean, if anyone needs to know, like Tyler smokes meats and I'm one fucking hell of a host. I'll tell you oh, why. Goodness. It is like all I look forward to. I will. <laughs> but uh yeah, I've been like I mean, especially last year I got myself a kayak because that's what everyone did during COVID. Um but I've been kayaking a lot. There's a lot of really nice rivers and ponds up here in New England. So you know, I get out of work like around four thirty-five tides low so i don't hit up the river till the weekend so you know after work i'll go to one of the local ponds they're really nice and i'll just hang out there um drop a line out see what i catch yep um but yeah that's i mean that's what i've been doing taking a little trips uh in in a week from now i'm going to arizona oh nice i think right now especially you know, everyone's traveling. They're trying to like get back in their find their rhythm again. You know, like just you know, go out there and just enjoy. Just get having, back to normalcy. You know, yeah, right. You know, trying to find some normalcy and all this. So I'm going to Arizona. I meet up with my parents. My entire family. They uh, they're in South Florida. So I'm gonna yep. get some time with my family. We're gonna be in Arizona. Flagstaff by the Grand Canyon. We're going to hike around the Grand Canyon. Hopefully I get an opportunity to camp at the bottom. So summer is when I take all cool. my trips. Yeah, summer is when I take all my trips. Yeah. We started it off, me and my girlfriend, we, Heather, we, uh, we drove down to um, Miami, or South Florida, Broward, um, a couple, like a month, a month and a half, two months ago. So that was nice. That was a nice little road trip. Yep. How long did that take? Uh, well, we separated. We 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 did it in about like two days driving down. Or we we drove. We did a twelve hour leg. Stopped in North Carolina. Um, got an Airbnb, and then we drove down the second day. We got all the way down to Broward, and then stayed there for about three four days. Then drove up to Jacksonville, spent a night there, went to Georgia, spent a night there, and then went to New Jersey, spent a night there, got a little tattoo, hung out, and then we came back home. Nice. So, nice little trip. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's what everyone's vibe is for the summer, just kind of like getting out, just like travel, yeah. you know. Yeah, I can go outside and be a normal human being again. I Let's can- all do it. <laughs> maybe if i can like <laughs> uh, flying you know if, if you're able to like i know my mom works for tsa and she's like oh man it's so busy like it's crazy right now <laughs> i get it i'm like 
everybody's been cooped up for the last yeah one i think this is just the start of it too because you know i think in maine you know we have uh, i think we're one of the leaders in the states of like vaccinations and everything but i think as more and more people get it it's just everyone's gonna go crazy just hey i gotta get out i gotta go places and travel and vacations are gonna boom again and you know it's been a long time coming but i think the recovery now that things have started is going to come very fast we're like they were concerned like okay things will get better and then it'll be a slow steady return to normal now like now that people are getting vaccinated it's going to hit full force like now yeah yeah people have had like you said everyone's been cooped up they're bored out of their minds people are going nuts about it it's like as soon as they feel comfortable and they're they're gonna go for it. They're not gonna wait. They're like, okay, yeah, I could go travel now. And then six months later, travel. No, it's oh, I feel comfortable now. And you know, six days later, they're gonna go travel. Right. Um, people got to get out and do it. But yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I'm looking forward to you know my first trips. Um, you know, the first one I really have booked right now outside of Maine is I have a wedding later this year. I'm going to down in New York. Um, Last time I have friends down there and I went down for beer festivals. I know them through, you know, my beer scene and, you know, just knowing them for a long time. And last time I drove down and I almost got into an accident like four times. So I won't do that again. Um, having a full size truck in lower Connecticut and New York is just not a thing that you're supposed to do, apparently. And um, it was a hard life lesson for me to understand that. So I'm going to take the easier route and uh, I've found, you know, round trip tickets out of Portland down to JFK for less than 200 bucks first class. So I'll uh, I'll take that. Yeah, Um, I was like, it was like one hundred and sixty dollars round trip, you know, coach. And I was like, oh, I wonder what it'll be first class. I was like 200 bucks. Like, oh, I'm flying first class. Yeah, do it. Yeah, (laughs) I've never flown first class before. So give me. Oh, it's like, oh. A couple more dollars and I get food and someone like comes over with a hot towel to wipe my hands like it's a no brainer. And then you go to the other one and it's like you got to like make sure your knees are touching and like you have to share an armrest with two other people. Yeah, there's such a difference between like there's such a difference. The only other time I've ever had a chance at flying first class was actually when I got out of boot camp and I was flying from great lakes to connecticut i was to hartford um it was me and i think three other navy guys and it was you know it was a small plane um but they had still like the first class the coach and the four of us picked the way back of the plane we were all just fucking dead tired we all had set a plan like because they told us when you're traveling you got to be awake got to be conscious what's going on so like we're gonna set a shift schedule you're gonna be up for two hours then you can nap. Next person's up. And we're going to rotate. Cool. Everyone's on board. So we got on there and it was like an unbooked flight. There was not many people on. It was like a red eye flight. Hold on. I don't mean to cut you off, but you set a watch during your flight. That is yeah. typical Navy shit right there. They told us we had to be <laughs> awake because we were traveling and we had to be aware of our surroundings. So we set that watch. That is typical Navy shit right there. Yeah. So <laughs> I know. So we got like 10 minutes into the flight. Like we just took off. Like we just hit altitude and 
one of the stewardesses come down and she goes, Hey, um, we have some first class seats that are open. Like if you the four of you want to move up and we're like, uh and shame on us. I don't think the four of us had ever traveled before by plane, really. Like I had traveled one time and it was from Maine to Disney and I was like twelve. Never had done it any other time. We didn't know like you'd fucking take advantage of it. So we're like, oh no, like we we should probably stay back here. Like we don't want to get in trouble. We just got a boot camp. We don't like fun. We we <laughs> Yeah. So we gave our our first class seats up to some random people. We're like, no, we'd like to give them to the like this couple over here. And this couple over here is like, oh, okay. So we gave it to them. They went up and they're like, oh, thank you. And we're like sitting in the back, like, you know, we would have had so much more room up front, right? And we were so pissed at ourselves later because all four of us went to school together after that. And we talked about it months later and we're like, I hate all of us for the decisions we made. Like this is the stupidest thing ever. I think um, you I think you feel like kind of need to think about like how I feel, like, you know, how to word this, but just like I think we feel we're in that position. We need to just like show how much like you know it we're, we're, i mean we're in uniform so it's already a sacrifice to right. our society it's being humble so it's like so it's like doing that is just proving our sacrifice like right. we're this this is this is what you expect from us like we're not gonna take we're not gonna just take handouts so right we're, um, we're being humble we're you know, helping those around us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and that's not anything on our own personalities. Like, we're all just like, fuck. <laughs> I want that seat. Yeah. God damn, I would fight that old lady for it, but I'm going to give it to yeah. her anyways. <laughs> but I will say, when I was in the service, if anyone ever offered me anything, I took it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I was was like, you know what? Yes. Uh, You're welcome for my service. It's really hard hanging out here on the coast. Puddle jumping. Patrolling the coast, you know. (laughs) So I will have to say, though, the one, you know, that was one of the times. But there was a few other times that during my core or whatever, um, I had been offered opportunities like that where it was just like free upgrades or whatever, and I, I turned them down. It's like, no, I'm all set. Give it to this person instead, whatever. Except for one instance. And that was, it was prior to my wife and I now, before we started dating, um, young, young sailor, and I went to Fleet Week. And those that know what Fleet Week is in New York, for the Navy, it is the best holiday ever for us. And being stationed in Connecticut is not that far of a train ride, a drive, a flight, anything to go down to Fleet Week. And if you're in Navy uniform during Fleet Week, you get whatever you want. And you I get mean, all whatever. the boys you want, <laughs> all of them, young, old, you, wrinkly. Dude, you get all the tight. dudes you want, man. <laughs> No. You're getting canceled after this episode. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so the best thing, so at the time, so my first fleet week, I had already graduated uh, my A school. And I was actually at the point where I was already working for the schoolhouse as an instructor. 
and the the guy I was working with, he was a the RP a religion program specialist for the chaplain. So he was basically the bodyguard to the chaplain, was a weapons expert and all kinds of things. Been in the Navy a long time. He looks at me, he goes, hey, man, you going down a fleet week? I was like, yeah, 100% going down, going down with these guys. He goes, OK, cool. I have two things of advice for you. I was like, OK, what's up? He goes, you know, stick with a buddy. He goes, that's the Navy advice for me. He goes, stick with a buddy. I don't give a fuck if you all stick together. Just stick with one of them. Find the one that you're going to have the most fun with and hang out with him. It's like, okay, cool. He goes, second thing, your Dixie cap. I was like, yeah. He goes, get six of them. I was like, why? He goes, girls love them and girls love Navy men and they want to take your hat. He goes, bring extra because if you're out of uniform, I'll kick your ass. Oh. <laughs> I was like, all right. So I went <laughs> right down to the uniform shop, bought like six extras. And he goes, put them in a backpack because we were allowed to have like a, as long as it was all black, you could carry a backpack and be in uniform still technically and put them in there. And so girls would take pictures and they take your cab. And you're like, all right, cool. And you just reach your backpack, put a new one on and be I good want. to go. So it was, it was, uh, it was awesome. So much fun. Being- That's actually some pretty good advice right there. Oh, it hundred percent. If it that was, was like- my only, if that was my only cap, I'd be like, no, you can't take that. And then it would just be like, oh, fuck yeah. Right. No, it was just like, yeah, here you go. You can have this one. And just like, yeah. pull in the backpack, bloop, put a new one on, just keep on my, yeah. my way. <laughs> no, it was, uh, but it was someone, I mean, I was 19. I, was, I think I was 19, maybe 20 at the time. I mean, walking down the street and people being like, hey, come in, free drinks on the house. And I'm like, dude, okay, walk dude, on in. I was 21. In Puerto Rico, the housing allowance was fifteen hundred, and me or and and, and uh, a buddy of mine uh, brought me out of base and brought me into his apartment because he, he was he was my best friend at the time down yeah. there. We had an apartment penthouse suite, dude, right like right on the water, <laughs> overlooking the richest part of Puerto Rico. Pool on the roof, 21 years old. My goodness, it was like <laughs> should have been illegal. It was insane. Yeah. <laughs> no, I made a good being a um when I became an instructor, being a bachelor or whatever, again, my housing allowance, and I had a, a shitty ass apartment that I'm pretty sure had cops at it every single day because someone did something wrong, but I banked a ton of money. Yeah. And then before I got out, was it five or six months before I got out of the military, I got married. So then I got separation prey. So I uh, definitely capitalized on that one. Yeah. It was uh, it was good. So definitely running off on a tangent here. Uh, and I'm sure we could keep talking military for a long time. But so summer activities. So I know you do a lot of your things. So my biggest thing, especially with COVID, is um, the the gatherings have been very limited. Um, me, personally, never, haven't been really worried about it. Um, my wife, a little more concerned, but she's in the same boat as me. Neither one of us are, you know, for those that, you know, whatever, care or one way or the other. Not vaccinated. Not planning to anytime soon. She's looking at more than me, but... You know, I'm, I've been smart anti-vaxxer. about it. Anti-vaxxer. Anti-vaxxer. Anti- <laughs> not, a, not an anti-vaxxer. Not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not saying I'll never do it, but I'm just, I'm waiting to see. 
You're um, waiting my, to see if I, the rest of us dies. <laughs> yeah. And you're well, gonna do. My 5G has been coming in awesome at work. It's crazy, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you're like Renzo, you're you were five ten last week. You're five four. I'm not taking that thing. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> you're shrinking, dude. <laughs> no, I I just you know different things, but anyways, like it's just like the social aspect where you know now you can gather outside and do stuff. So like for me, it's the beer shares. Um, you know for a fact you've been to a few of mine. I like to throw some epic, uh, over the top beer shares, and uh, being able to do that again is going to be very exciting. And uh, getting to be able to go out and do them with uh, different breweries and everything, and then our our fantasy football league. I mean, last year was pretty cool. I mean, all of us were, you know, we all had worked together, we all do work together, so we we're all on the same page. None of us really were all set. You know, I I made the extra effort of spreading everyone out. This year should be a little more normal, yeah. uh, but getting people together and, you know, being able to cook a bunch of food for people and just, you know, do all those fun yeah. things. You know, this year for me is a big year. I'm turning 30 this year, so I'm having a big birthday party. I want to be able to get a bunch of people over, have a bunch of food cooked, have a bunch of drinking happen. Um, just be able to enjoy being around people without the, oh, this is great. Oh, don't get too close, though. Oh, I'm having a good time. Whoa, you got too close to me. I think for this year. It's going to be like, this is awesome, but this feels illegal. I think that's exactly. going to be the theme of this year. Um, but I look forward to it, man. This I mean, feel naughty you, year. Throw, you throw great beer shares. Drafts are awesome. Your gatherings are awesome. Can't wait to be a part of it. Like, can't wait to drink all your beer. I don't have to pay for any of it. I just sit there and you tell me what beer it is and the flavor profiles. And I'm like, all right. I did my bed. And, and then you drink throw it. on your uh, your life vest and blow a few whistles and uh, call yeah. it a day. <laughs> and my right. daughter blows a whistle for you and you dance. Yeah. <laughs> she she brought that up today. Yeah. So I told her, I was, she's like, who are you doing your podcast with? I was like, oh, I'm doing it with Renzo. She goes, oh, he dances so good to the whistle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm like trash at the end of the draft. And then your daughter comes out with the Coast Guard whistle I like gifted her. And she's like, boop, boop, boop. And I'm just like so like drunk sitting here alone. I'm like, yeah, all right. Do so this. I asked her about that again, by the way. I was like, where's that whistle? She goes, it's hiding. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, I'm only going to bring it out when Renzo comes over. Hell yeah. <laughs> so she won't tell me where it is. I have no idea. Like, literally, I have yet to you see You don't it. deserve to know right. where it is, Navy boy. <laughs> I mean, I guess she just has like a thing for the, the week. You know, Coast Guard yeah. and all that. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's funny I look though, forward. Like, I look forward to the gatherings too, man. It's it's gonna be great. I mean, yeah. So, I and I'll, I'm gonna have to bring this up to the league because I can't decide yet. I, I'm torn. Do I do the ribs this year? or Do I do a brisket? Both. What's what? What do you mean? Both. <laughs> so huh? I did my I did my first brisket last weekend and i'll tell you what it takes twice as long but it's twice as easy because ribs the first three hours you have to sit there and like babysit them and like make sure they're not drying out and all this and that like it takes a lot of effort the brisket is like you put it in it hits a temperature yeah but but you can taste but the thing is you can taste all that effort it pays I, off in the end. You can taste the hard work 
and the preparation yeah. and the flavor. Okay, I get it. I make fucking awesome food in my smoker, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I may have to do both for you guys because uh, I do enjoy using it and I do enjoy having the uh, the gatherings, but I have we'll, we'll have that and then a couple weeks before then I'll be doing my 30th birthday, so uh, I'll be using a lot of it this year. Uh, that's going to be a Dude, it's going to be a rager that you're not going to want to miss out on. Oh, all right. Yeah. Obstacle course bounce house. Oh wow! Oh yeah, I did it for my twenty second or twenty third birthday. What was it? Yeah, you're in you're in really good shape then. So are you ready for? No. <laughs> so yeah, my first you birthday in the military. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, about fifty pounds lighter than I am now, and. Uh, Fresh out You're of the like, military. I did it when I was 22, and I was in really good shape, and I was in the military. I should do it again for my 30th. <laughs> yeah, you're going to die. Go We're wrong? all going to die. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? I yeah. Mean, oh, it, it, nothing could happen, I swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 30 is the new 22. Did you hear? Yeah, I didn't either, because I died doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's an obstacle course bounce house. Let me get all my old ass friends that I work with that are in my league. Let's get Tim up there. See how God. he does. I think we should put a sign up that says 60 or younger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't God, know if no. I want to be at your birthday party because I don't want to be liable for all the deaths that are going to occur. Uh, well, Tim won't be there. It's going to be a massacre. <laughs> it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. No, it'll be good. It'll be fun. I have a bunch of people I know, like from my beer groups that I uh, I do beer shares with. They're all coming. I think they're bringing tents so they can stay outside and just like spend the night here. Oh, that's sweet. I mean, nice. my back. I mean, you see my backyard. It's fucking massive. Yeah, There's, you could put like twenty easily twenty tents spaced out out there. All right, number is this four. Ding ding ding. I'm not sure. I think so. This is either four or five. Uh, it's four. Okay. I see four crash. <laughs> Number four. Yeah. Oh, locked and loaded. <clears throat> after the, like, Bring you the drinking to drinking man, baby. Hell yeah. I think it was after the second one. I was thinking about them. I don't remember the last time I shotgunned a beer. You should. Do you have a beer? Shotgun? I'm not shotgunning the one I'm drinking right now. <laughs> I, everything I've got is too heavy to shotgun. It'll yeah. make me instantly vomit. Are you saying it's not going to sit on top, sit well on top of your gin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I I had a uh, I finished off my last uh, Bud Light Lime earlier. That would have been a good shotgunner. Yeah. Um, I think the last one I did was a couple of years ago. Oh no, actually, I, it, there's a video somewhere floating around. My brother-in-law and I. We had a beer share at their house. Um, so my wife's sister and her husband, her husband and I know each other back from grade school. Gone a long way back. He works with us um, where we work um, over in the uh, pool room. And so we had a beer share at their house one day. We're all over there hanging out. We're, we went outside because it was warm. And they're like, oh, let's shotgun a beer. I was like, what, what, what kind of beer? We're drinking IPAs and double IPAs. So they decided to shotgun a 
uh, I don't know if you've had this beer, but here's to feeling good all the time from Bissell. Oh, wow. So they decided that was a good beer for us to all shotgun. Um, I finished mine, immediately regretted it, and it took the two of them, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, to finish one together as they poured half of it all over the place because they couldn't control it properly. Dude, I think anything from Bissell, I'm not going to shotgun. I'm just going to enjoy, you know. Yeah. Like, shotgunning beers are like your Millers, your Bud Lights. Like... Race car beers. Race car beers. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Tomorrow, I may shotgun a beer. So, tomorrow, I'm super stoked about this. So, my brother and I bought my dad a charter fishing boat for tomorrow. And going eight hours out of Wells, um, going fishing. Uh, he told us on Tuesday he got a bunch of Pollock and uh, I think Haddock out there. He goes, he landed a ton of things so we go out fish anything we catch he flays right up for us we bring it home we're gonna do a fish fry but we're bringing a bunch of beers out with us so i've got some uh craft oh, beer i'm bringing out yes and uh my brother's got a he's like i was like hey we gotta have some light stuff i'll bring like the the craft beer you bring the light stuff he goes oh i've, I've got like two 30 racks of bud I'm like all right sounds good I'm like, i'll bring <laughs> the a heavy lot stuff. of light yeah but thankfully, it's not supposed to be too warm tomorrow, but I'm, I'm super stoked for it. It's going to be uh, yeah, starting nice. like, nice like day on the water, man. So we're meeting him for 6.30. So from like 6.30 to 7.30, 8 o'clock, it's supposed to be like chances of rain. So the guy was like, yeah, on the way out to the ocean, it might be a little shitty. But once we get out there, it should be good. So the rest of the day is going to be awesome. I'm like wicked happy. I can't wait. I haven't been out on the water. The last time I've been out on the water was when I was in the Navy. So been a long time yeah. coming yeah uh very Dude, excited I miss being out on the water yeah Did you miss it especially now where we work where we're just like close <laughs> in concrete walls dude i miss i miss that smell of the barnacles and i never thought i would say that but i miss what <laughs> the wide open yeah man yep i hear you my dad bought a boat this uh, last year, so uh, I'll be getting a lot of chances to get out there and just uh, experiencing that freedom again. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the first time I remember ever going out, it was a short little stint. It was just like, holy fuck, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. Yeah, now you're thinking about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking, I mean... Back in Puerto Rico, I was at a, a small boat uh, search and rescue station. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, in Puerto Rico, you've got your your main station up in San Juan, which is in the middle of the north. And, you know, we do a lot of the patrolling, you know, through the coast of San Juan. And, you know, we have our detachments in the lower west and, you know, in other areas that I, I probably shouldn't be saying specifically where they're at. <laughs> Yeah, but, <laughs> but we, no one listens, anyways. <laughs> yeah, but we, but we, you know, we do our, uh, we do our patrols, and I mean, there's, there, there was, there was one time where I actually did a full circumnavigation of the entire island of Puerto Rico in one day. We started San Juan, we went all, all the way across through the uh, east, down the Mona Passage, all the way around, and just ride in a boat full speed, you know. 30 to 40 knots, just fucking cruising. Crank it through. Just just obliterating my spine <laughs> on the seats. 
just destroying my my life at walking in the future just but just enjoying it like man i miss that so much but it was something i experienced and i appreciate it you know we are our times in the service like that's precious to us you know and uh you know that was good it was nice yeah yep i liked it i didn't like them telling me that i couldn't you know grow a beard especially <laughs> now that i have a really nice beard you know but i mean i don't know about you but the best thing that came out of my military service was getting out and being able to grow a beard because i i looked like i was 12 years old until i turned 23 and was able to grow oh, one. Yeah. um I'm pretty sure my wife specifically told me I was not allowed to shave it all off because she didn't want to be uh, treated as if she was dating an uh, underage uh, male. Oh, my <laughs> girlfriend, too. She's like, I'm like, do you think I should shave my beard? She's like, absolutely not. She's like, no way. Get shaved seen off pictures. I look like a punk, dude. I look like I'm just like a punk from South Florida. Like, You know what you need to do, though? And you'll instantly know what i'm talking about when i get to it is we we gotta do a flashback to your halloween costume with the nice mustache the suede suit yeah like the 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 per i don't want to call it permed hair but like the so that that wasn't that wasn't a that wasn't a halloween uh costume that was actually my friend she had an 80s themed birthday party and Damn, that's commitment. Yeah, and and everyone did eighties rock, and I knew they would do eighties rock because, you know, they're all white. That's territory. they're all white. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I don't want to say it. You said it. They're all white New Englanders, and they're like, "Yeah, fucking eighties rock, man." Yeah, and I was like, I was like, someone's got to represent eighties pop. None of these guys are coming in as Prince. None of these guys are coming in as fucking. MJ, so I'm like, I'm doing it. I put my jerry curls on. I got a sequence fucking blazer. Dude, got that little perfect. vest. Oh my goodness. It was perfect. I will give you the picture to put on your social media pages. Oh, um, yes. it'll be the because, cover art for this episode. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. You send me, um, it'll be the cover art for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. I think God. the Holy. only other... I think only... you're welcome, because this is about to go viral, and you're going to be trending. <laughs> you're welcome. You're I welcome. So. The yeah. only other one that might be uh, as good is when Sam dressed as you for Halloween. Oh, my God. And he wore so, the same outfit you wore that day, and it was so, complete coincidence. So I guess we have a really good friend, Sam, who works with us, and <laughs> we hang out a lot on, uh, you know, outside of work. And he's very familiar with my wardrobe. Style. So I guess for some time I would wear this. Purple short sleeve. It wasn't hoodie. purple. It was not. Oh, I'm sorry. Purple. Pink, 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 pink. I'm sorry. It was pink. almost like flesh colored. It was a uh, salmon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Salmon. Coral. Maybe light coral. I don't know. Pastel. Yeah. Flesh colored. Right. It, white guy. Depends flesh. on what flesh. White. Oh, okay. So is that the <laughs> default? 
<laughs> okay. That's funny when you say flesh color, you're not talking about my flesh. Huh? That's funny. <laughs> you jerk. Canceled again. Uh, Everyone canceled this guy. Yeah. But um, he somehow wore a backwards hat, that same, he found that shirt, wore that same shirt, same color, in jeans, black jeans. And I guess that's something that I was wearing at that time, and I didn't realize I wore a lot oh, at work. You wore it a lot. Dude, he came in the same day I was wearing that, and it, it was black jeans, black uh, backwards hat, you know, a little shirt hoodie. Same color, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And he had the mustache. He had the too. mustache. I had my mustache. You only had the mustache at the time because you were still in the service. Yeah, yeah, I was in the reserves at the time. <laughs> Dude, my was... mustache days—that was that was dirty. That was a dirty time. Oh god, yeah, that was uh, definitely some classic days. No one trusted me. Everyone no. trusts me now. No one trusted me then. I don't know now. I don't know if I trust you more now than or then. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm a little confused. <laughs> I think uh, the beard brings along intimidation, you know? It's intimidation, but, like, the 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 approach to the conversation is very fathering at the same time. And people are like, yeah. I'm scared, but I trust you. I think it's one, pe- it's one thing when they look at me, but when they, when they hear me speak, they're like, ah, oh, this guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he's good. He's cool. <laughs> Oh man, this is uh, <clears throat> this has been awesome. Um, wrapping it up here though, uh, definitely covering some good subjects here tonight, and uh, definitely appreciate you joining me. Uh, gotta have you on again, hundred percent. Have you on again? I'm thinking probably right after we do our draft, we'll do an episode together and uh, recap the draft and uh, shit talk the rest of the league. Either before or after, I think we need to touch. There's, there's tons. I mean, and I said it before we, we decided to do this. I was like, dude, we can talk two hours about the offseason moves. There were things 100%. I didn't even touch on, dude. I didn't touch on Teddy Bridgewater in Denver. You know, yep. there's like, and Rogers might move. Like, I think we need to fucking bring this back, man. I like it. Thank you. Thank you for having yeah, me. No. And I think, you know. Closer to draft time, we're a little uh, premature now, but I think it's good to keep get the blood flowing for fantasies, and I'm excited. Yeah, I think you know, I'm I'm uh, super excited. I can't wait. This season's gonna be great. So, a lot of people don't know in our league, we've had uh, one guy who's won the last two seasons, and we don't bring that up. I am so fucking like tuned in to take him out this year. Like he cannot win a third time. There's a lot of us that are like, all right, the contenders. There's like four or five of us that have been like in the mix the last couple of years. That were like, no, we're Dude. putting in some time this Dude, I'm, year. I'm, I'm I'm top four or five every every year. Yeah, I was, I was number one in my seven. division last year until the last bit until I traded uh, James Robinson. Yeah, that, I fucked that you, up. So you earned the dumbest trade award for last year just so you know dumber than derrick henry in the fifth round to me that was two years ago so yeah 
dumbest round, dumbest trade of last year. Yes, of last year. Yes. And it may be worse than my trade because you traded a draft pick with it. I, I did. I <laughs> traded James Robinson and my fourth round draft pick for a person's uh, Zeke Elliott, who yeah. I thought, I yeah, mean, I had right. a little bit of faith in him. I thought he would, you know, um, and his fifth round pick. So it was a, it was a pick swap. So this yeah. year I have two fifth round picks. And they have two fourth round. Yeah. Which it is fun. First. One of my fifth, fifth round picks is Derrick Henry. There you go. Man, so, that was the very first draft pick trade that we've had in this league so far, even though that's been a standing rule for a couple of years now. Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. Definitely a unique one. Uh, John was asking about that. I was like, yeah, we have draft pick trades. And uh, Renzo was the first one to pull one off because no one wants to trade their picks. <laughs> yeah. It opens the door, it, though, for sure. It, it, to be honest, like, if you think about Zeke and his talent at the time, it was very questionable whether or not he would, like, recover and perform yeah. at his, like, level. So I kind of, like, it was his first week where he performed badly, and I was like, you know what, like, I think this is where I can kind of get him at a low value. I didn't see James Robinson being the guy in um, in Jacksonville, and I was like, and sure enough, they, they fucking drafted a, a running back. Yeah. You know, so, so that worked out. I don't even know if he's going to keep him now. Probably not. So, but as far as last year, I think it did cost me a shot at the championship. I think so, too. I think that trade was the turning point for your team. Yeah. But But. live and you learn. Yep, definitely. I think I did not, I did not pay attention closer to the offensive lines and the other factors. And I think this year I am. And I think this year is going to yep. be interesting. And um, I think, I think, I hopefully the next time we speak, it'll be in the beginning of the draft. And at the end, you'll be hearing my name saying, <laughs> I'm going to be on the trophy this year, motherfuckers. No yeah. way. No way. No, we will. Uh, I will have you on for sure at least a week or two prior to draft day, and then at least a week or two post draft day, so we can uh, we can we can talk some more sport and uh, see how things uh, how we're planning things out and how things pan out afterwards. So um, definitely also, will happen. You know, last minute advice. Everything I said today on this show was bullshit. Don't take it. <laughs> Go for Sam Darnold in the third round, everybody. <laughs> Sam Darnold, number one. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, Again, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everyone that listens. I appreciate you, Renzo, for joining me. Um, Definitely want to keep this going. Um, Have you on again. And uh, hopefully, uh, I think, let's see, next week uh, I have my friend Ryan. I believe it's next week for his corporate talk. Uh, (laughs) Um. I think that's next week. So uh, if not, that'll be the week after. But I'm trying to get a more standard schedule going out here and um, get more people on board so that way I can keep things a little more fluent and uh, consistent. So, again, thank you, Renzo. I will be getting you on this 
episode uh, later on as well. Um, doing some fantasy football talk, uh, football in general, see how things the offseason goes, and uh, talk about the league and how uh, everyone does this year. We've got a little, uh, we got a new player in the league, and be interesting to see how he pans out for us. So, yeah, it'll be uh, really interesting because he has his own fantasy podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's great. I mean, I love talking football with you. This is what we do. And oh, yeah. uh, by no means am I a fancy expert, but I think, you know, we're getting close to some helpful insight. Oh, yeah. We'll uh, get there. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Again, everyone, please like, subscribe, follow, comment. Give me some, uh, give me five stars, ten stars, whatever. Show this the motherfucker is. some love, baby. Yeah. Come on. Share. So how many, how many beers do I need to chug right now, motherfuckers? <laughs> For every five likes I get over the next three weeks, I will do a video recording with Renzo of him chugging oh a seltzer. God. Dude. For Dude, every five likes. Um, whether he likes it or not, we will do this, so. Those of you out there, share, tell your friends about this podcast. Give me some, uh, give me some love out there, and uh, we'll get Renzo back on, and we'll get him to chug some more seltzers for all of you. So, thank you everyone again for uh, wasting your time with me. I appreciate it, Renzo. Thank you. Uh, stand on by, man, and uh, we're gonna wrap this up here. So, have a good night, everyone.